Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. This just came out. This just came out. Your information is totally false. Try this trick and spin it. Yeah. WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. Your nothing in it. And you ask yourself, oh, WikiLeaks. Where is my mind? You, you're like a thief. Where is my Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly, the best, and you can ask anyone. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for that impeccable timing <laughs> on that European delay. Speaking of which... Your last, uh, your last podcast appearance from Europe, coming to us from Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm coming home tomorrow. Back to Seattle, trading one beast for another. <laughs> uh, by the look of what's going on, you're right on cue. So congratulations on your timely departure. I know, right? Well deserved. Oh boy. <laughs> Wasn't Europe great? Gosh, it had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember. I'm old enough to remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got a bunch of topics for you tonight. We will be serious up top. Blonde's going to give us a breakdown on Vault 7 because she is the expert uh, on all things CIA, at least compared to me. So uh, also shout out to the CIA team monitoring the show tonight. Love you guys. <laughs> Thanks for your support of the show. <laughs> uh, what is going on between Turkey and the Netherlands? We'll figure that out. We'll talk about that. That's another serious issue we'll get into. Uh, then we'll move on to the fun things that I like. I want to talk about the Kekistani victory in the war with Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf's He Will Not Divide Us flag captured. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable work. You, you can't stop the internet. I say it all the time. We talk about you know creating different laws and different policies. Don't try to stop the internet. You'll never stop the internet. Don't try it. Case in point. We'll get into that. Uh, and a bunch of small topics, small but hilarious topics. Another uh, hoax hate crime story, uh, story for you. So that'll be fun. Another hoax hate crime. Uh, Samantha B taking that foot and sticking it all the way down her throat. We'll get into that. <laughs> and, um, and what did I do last night? I was thinking about tweeting, uh, tweeting about this, but I, I thought people would make fun of me for it because I spent Saturday night, last night, um, eating fast food and watching Amy Schumer's new stand-up oh, on, on Netflix. Oh, uh, because I saw the trailer, and I thought it was so bad. And I thought, no, no, it's got to be better than the trailer makes it look. So I did watch it. And, um, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss. We'll discuss what I witnessed on Amy Schumer's stand-up special. It will be all this and more on your favorite hour of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, there's always more of the show on the audio platforms, uh, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us, and you get more bonus material of the old duct tape operation. If you can't get enough of the show, check it out there. Uh, got a few pieces of art left over if you want to check those out real quick before we dive into the serious business. Uh, uh, Steven Suarez sending us art all the time. Pull my hijab. <laughs> I can't, I can't tell if I'm pulling your hijab. You are. Uh, is, is, am I pulling your, your hijab? Okay. Well, that's, uh, I mean, bear with me. That's the only hijab pulling I've ever seen. So I'm trying to process, <laughs> trying to process what exactly I'm looking at. Cause, um, I've heard the stories, but up until now I've never witnessed it. This must be from a couple months ago when I said that I inexplicably just want to rip off, rip off people's hijabs. <laughs> Next time, my request for Steven is next time, can I get Bigfoot pulling the hijab off? Because I think that <laughs> that is more appropriate. But I, I do love this work and I love the, uh, the theme. Uh, the, I always put those two things together, like various conspiracy theories and cryptozoological myths along with, um, <laughs> along with uh, hijab pullings. Because as far as I'm concerned, it never happens, never has, never will. Prove me wrong. 
<laughs> and uh, a couple people, a couple of uh, last week, I, I asked for um, images of what we would call based Antifa, like pictures of guys in ski masks with a MAGA hat. Cause we were talking about Berkeley, I think. And I was like, you don't ever see the, the MAGA people showing up with ski masks. They always put their face on display. Why is that? So we got a couple, <laughs> we got this uh, quick Photoshop from uh, listener Sauron of me in a based Antifa outfit. <laughs> And then um, based Antifa outfit from listener Justin. So that's very cool. Um, thank you, as always, to people who send us art, memes, all those things. Love to feature them on the show. So that's all I got on that. Tell me about Vault 7, because you put together a pretty thorough video on this. I, for whatever reason, I don't have an excuse, but I didn't spend a lot of time looking into this this week. So I would like to know what exactly we're dealing with and, and why we need to care. Oh, it's pretty bad. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail because if if our viewers are like me, which I'm sure they are, they watch like every video on this. But <clears throat> to give a quick rundown, um, they released the first part of this series, which they're calling Year Zero, 8,761 documents. They said that's 1% of what will be released. So we're looking at mm. nearly a million documents. Um, from an isolated high security network situated inside the CAA Center for Cyber Intelligence. Uh, so what we learned from this, uh, basically the federal government, the CIA, they were exploiting vulnerabilities that they knew existed in everybody's iPhone, Galaxy, all of these things, um, rather than tell the manufacturers that these vulnerabilities exist. And so now hackers know <laughs> that, that everybody's stuff is wide open. Do we know how long they were hoarding these vulnerabilities? Um, I know that uh, Vault 7, they said that that comes from 2013 to 2016. Jesus Christ. Okay, so some of these vulnerabilities, theoretically, they've been hanging on to uh, hanging on to for years? That's the impression I'm under, yeah. Holy cow. Okay. Um, and so yeah, that's, that's really troubling. I mean, they had an agreement with manufacturers after Snowden's original leak um, that they were going to immediately tell them if they first discovered these vulnerabilities. Uh, so this was... A huge federal, breach of trust. The federal government? The CIA, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Edward Snowden, he was tweeting about this. He thinks that Vault 7 is real. He uh, looked through some of the stuff, and he's like, only an insider would know some of this term, uh, these terms. Um, so he's pretty sold on it. But outside of that, um, we also discovered this Umbridge program, which the CIA can make it appear that a hack comes from another place than it actually does. Like, like you could make it appear that it comes from Russia, even though it's coming from within the United States. So we, we just, we already knew we couldn't trust anything that yeah. Dan said. I was listening to Shapiro talk about that. Cause people are, are jumping on this weird conspiracy theory that like the, the DNC hacks and stuff were blamed on Russia as like a scapegoat Podesta and DNC stuff. That doesn't make sense because why would the CIA why would the CIA want to scapegoat them? But is it possible? All this stuff's been released now. Is it possible at all that these CIA techniques, which could be used to scape scapegoat someone, would have been made available to someone else who then uh, used these techniques? Maybe I'm getting right. Crazy. Well, he was no, very dismissive. I'm trying to think of like this. a yeah. I'm trying to think of a way where maybe it could have been utilized by someone to do that. Again, just um, speculation, no evidence, but just thinking about it. No, I mean, that's true. And and one of the things that that's talked about in the press release, the WikiLeaks press release, is that the CIA lost control of this technology. Um, and it's okay. certainly gotten in the hands of our enemies of because they were giving it to um, private security companies, you know, that, that okay. aligned with them. But it wasn't an official government organization uh, with security. Right. And, and this like is. That. And and this is believed to be an internal leak, right? Like someone right, Snowden right. style was like, that. this this is fucked up. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. So theoretically, um, maybe WikiLeaks, they could have leaked it elsewhere. I don't know. They they might have. I mean, WikiLeaks is um they're always on point about what they tweet. And if you go back in their Twitter history, you can see that some of the things um that they say uh, show what's going to happen later in in, in yeah. a lot of detail. And so I was looking at their Twitter feed today. And one of the tweets that came up was ex-CIA director leak has to be an inside job. Hmm. Um, it's a Hill oh, article, right. the Hill article that they that they retweeted. But um, that tells me right, yeah. that, that they are just straight up telling us that this was an inside job and they want to create mutiny within the CIA. Um, and so if you'd like, I'd like to talk about like the bigger implications of this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because have... that's what I'm uh, concerned with. I think most people are is like. Uh, as someone who has not done the deep dive into this, um, 
some of the questions I have or think about is like, okay, so the CIA is supposedly a foreign surveillance organization. Do we have reason to believe there are implications for U.S. citizens beyond the vulnerabilities that someone else could exploit? Do we have reason to believe the CIA has done anything internally other than hoard vulnerabilities that could be uh, a problem? No, but but why would the federal government, I mean, everybody's read 1984, why would the federal government hoard Oh, you're talking about the vulnerabilities. I think you meant about the yeah, data. I'm, that well, I'm just try, I'm trying to think, you know, like I said, I'm an average rube American. I don't know shit about international anything. So I, <laughs> I sit here and I think, well, uh, to what extent should your U.S. citizen be concerned about this? Like, what is the level of alarm? If you um, had to grade it on the, really terror, the terror warning scale at the airport, the little color scheme. We talking green and we talking red or whatever it ranges from. I, don't I mean, know. I'm talking red. I think it's definitely You're always red. talking red. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean. Let me get you back down to yellow. Why yeah. would the federal government want to have this information on your average individual? I mean, one school of thought is that they are just looking for terrorist attacks, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. They're just data mining everything. Another school of thought, and I, I heard this on Black Pigeons the other day, um, is that they just want to um, have something on everybody that they can use for leverage later. And we didn't know this information existed. I mean, it's really troubling. But I suppose you know a lot of the, the comments that I was getting on Twitter before I made this video were like, why are you surprised? Why does this even matter as an average citizen? Um, and I think that it should be disconcerting to everybody that, that the federal government is doing things that, that we're unaware of, especially yeah. as, as and, far and as anytime stuff like this is, is entirely substantiated. I mean, it, it moves something from the realm of tinfoil to the realm of completely substantiated, demonstrable truth. And right. I think that's important. Even if you get to say, look, told you so I was right. Yeah, you do. That's great. But at the end of the day, evidence matters in terms of assessing how alarmed we need to be. Yeah, definitely. And this is irrefutable. I mean, I don't, I, I, once again, I'm not hearing anybody saying like, oh, these documents are fake. I mean, WikiLeaks has a, an excellent track record. It's, I think it's perfect as far as releasing, um, uh, accurate and, and real information and leaks. That's going to be the next level thing. When someone can trick WikiLeaks, like if you could create a <laughs> yeah. data dump, a data dump on the scale that they usually do, which is, I, I don't know, it's, I'm not a data manager, but you'd need to create something gigantic. Like imagine if you, if you faked the DNC leak, like the, how, how in depth you'd have to go. Someone, someone should do it. Wild. Someone's got to troll WikiLeaks <laughs> and get a fake one through, you know, that's, we talk about what the, um, in response to all of this, like the, what the democratic party could do, not, not necessarily related to the CIA, but related to what happened during the election season. Hey, Democrats fake out, fake out WikiLeaks. That's a creative response. I want to see someone do it. Mm, I don't know. It seems like they really have their shit together. They got a top-notch yeah. team of nerds going through everything. Mm. I, I doubt anything would get by them. Maybe. I don't know. You never know. As we'll discuss later, if the internet puts its mind to something, it can be done, and it will be done. Uh, but in any, in any case, I, I have a couple of other questions about this because I, I was watching Sargon's video on it to try to uh, catch myself up quickly. Uh, this Michael Hastings thing, because part of part of their capabilities apparently are getting into uh, modern car systems, electronic car systems that control. Uh, I'm not familiar with how this stuff works, but theoretically control. They said how they your can do operates. it on all modern vehicles. That's what it said yeah. in the press release. So, and Michael Hastings being this um, this reporter who is critical of the Obama administration and critical of. Um, uh, Democratic uh, surveillance. He was a Rolling right. Stones reporter. Apparently, he was well, really involved in some deep state journalism. And, uh, and I actually watched the video of his car today. Um, it uh, onlooker said that sparks were flying from it before he crashed, um, and they also said that he just accelerated to an incredible speed, and then his car, like he ran into um, a palm tree, and then his car just explodes. I and watched. He was unrecognizable. That his body was burned to an unrecognizable state, and they had they identified him through fingerprints. Apparently, what a strange thing to happen. Now again, it's, it's connecting all these things is that's highly speculative. I don't want to go. It's not highly speculative. It was in well, the WikiLeaks press release, and they've been tweeting all week over and over about how, you know, you can hack into somebody's car and drive it into and, a tree. Th- and I that's think- what's, that's, what's crazy. I'm not prepared to say that's what happened in this case, but what I do think is interesting is just to think about that capability. Uh, I think it's totally what happened here. 
Where's my tinfoil hat? But, <laughs> but seriously, I've got I, one I mean, back there. <laughs> once you get back to the States, you got to get set up so we can have these props. Okay. <sighs> Alex other... Jones being right about everything. Can you believe this shit? No, don't. No, no, you, nah, you've done it. You've created another soundbite for the Twitter circle jerk to cut out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, my other question about this, and I and I see in the notes you have dismissed this as tinfoil hattery. It probably is. But here's my thing with Trump, just about Trump specifically. How is it that he tweets these like bizarre, unsubstantiated, poorly worded things that like shortly thereafter are somewhat validated? Like it happened with Sweden last night in Sweden. Uh, and yeah, he's talking about a problem that exists. And then a couple days later, there's these riots. And so all of a sudden last night in Sweden is not a crazy thing to tweet. In this case, he's tweeting out, Oh, they've, they've wiretapped Trump tower. They're spying on me. And, and everybody's like, you don't have any evidence, dude. Um, and then and he's like, just wait, just wait one day. Well, and it, This isn't direct <laughs> evidence. It's not directly related. Oh, There is so much it's, evidence. God. Well, but this vault seven is not like directly related to the Trump tower claim. But it's, it's another way worse and way more broad, though. It's yes. But it, what I'm saying is it's like a, a few days after that, something that is very related to what he said in like a conceptual way and very large in scale happens. Like, what is it with this guy and tweeting weird things? And then something happens in the coming days that like are somewhere in that theme that get people thinking like, well, maybe it's not complete crazy talk. Well, I think that we've underestimated him. Even we have underestimated him and that he is just he he's being obviously being kept abreast to these uh, security issues. And he's a genius that just speaks in, you know, every man language. And so his tweets that appear to be buffoonery uh, keep turning out to be true. And I said this in the show last week and we did not give him enough credit. So people were complaining about this in the comments rightfully so we were like well maybe he's like 50 percent right and then i said you know i don't think he would have tweeted this unless he had any evidence but it seemed like he just tweeted it and he just sat back and he's like all right i'm just gonna wait this one out like he knew about this wikileaks drop but that's what i'm saying is like to me any more of this and it starts to get not of course he couldn't plan a riot in sweden or something but any more of this bizarre trend and you start to think okay this is this is more than coincidental but he's seeing the broader picture before yeah. other people. And I think it could be he that has, simple. yeah. And I think that he has, um, you know, great people on his side that are, the, that are telling him what's going on and he's getting the right information great just slightly people. ahead of tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Who could believe people. he could assemble this many great people who could believe it? There he is. I did. I believed in him. Yeah. Um, but he just keeps pulling through. Like I was, I was really happy this week. I was like, wow, would you look at that? Hmm. All right. Um, well, are you comfortable moving on to uh, Turkey and the Netherlands? Since yeah, that we is got, your neck, lots, lots talk your, about your neck of the woods right now. Um, I know I'm in Amsterdam, not Rotterdam, and I don't have security. How, so I was how like, far I'm not gonna away are they? Are those because it's a small um, country, right? I think it's like an hour on a train. But if I'm wrong about that, you know. Okay. Um, so I wasn't there for this, but. So what's going on? Tell me what's going on. <clears throat> Well, um, let me go through these notes really quick. Why so, are Muslims rioting in the streets? Part 1056. Yeah. So Dutch authorities have said foreign political rallies are banned by law and public disorder would ensue just days before the Dutch election. Um, so they didn't want any of these foreign ministers from Turkey coming in. Um, they banned Turkish protests, but the foreign minister came anyway and said that if he's not allowed in, they, they threatened economic sanctions if they were refused. And so the Dutch government was like, uh, fuck you. So, and these foreign ministers are coming in to try to talk to Turkish nationals in the Netherlands, right? Right. There are 400,000 Turkish nationals living in the Netherlands. Holy cow. Um, I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. And they're, just, they're trying to go there to talk to him and be like, hey, wouldn't it be sweet if you gave Erdogan, uh, our, our president guy, if you gave him a ton of, if you expanded his power significantly, you guys should vote to do that. Yes. That's basically the purpose of the trip. Yes. Uh, there's a referendum and I put it in the notes. I can't locate it about all the powers that, that he's able to, um, that, that would a- expand his powers. And it's like outlandish, the things that Erdogan would be able to do. I mean, just bypass democracy. Um, so he, he was going into foreign nations trying to, to get these protests and these rallies uh, set up. And the Dutch government was like, uh, absolutely not. We have elections in two days. Um, and so it just caused an uproar with with the Turks. Oh, and so the du- okay, and there's upcoming Dutch elections too. 
simultaneously, basically simultaneously. Um, hold on one second. <clears throat> well, there's German, there's French and German elections coming up. Uh, Dutch elections are coming up in two days. Okay. And, but then the, but this, the thing they're trying to lobby for is a Turkish election down the line, like April or something. I think that as I understand, um, that they're, they want them to vote in the Netherlands. Like, absentee. oh, okay. Well, in any case, without, uh, t- uh, twisting our tongues on the specifics here, what we're talking about is ministers of a foreign government coming in to tell nationals re- uh, residing in another country, Hey, vote this way. And that host country being like, Hey, get your damn politics out of here. All right. 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 That's- and as I understand it also, it's illegal, um, for there to be a Turkish protest in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Hmm. And so apparently this is an, an ongoing problem. So they, they do, they, the Dutch government stops the visits of these ministers who are trying to get in, which enrages the Turkish nationals, I presume, who live in uh, the Netherlands, specifically this town, Rotterdam, the city Rotterdam. And they're doing all kinds of crazy things. I got the footage of that. If you want to, if we want to check that out. Yeah. Including the, uh, I'm glad you sent me this because the, the hoses used to disperse the crowd. (laughs) That was pretty good. Let's see what we got here. Probably fun to watch from a balcony like this, I gotta say. Okay, and then we got a, just a crowd of Turkish nationals, or who I presume to be Turkish nationals, waving Turkish flags. And that's a, that's a sizable crowd of people. I mean, it's hard to say how big it is, but. You know, you got that many people in a Dutch city waving Turkish flags. That's that's concerning. I could see how people have a problem uh, with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so it just seems like the Dutch people have kind of uh, also lost their will. And uh, Geert Wilders is down yeah. in the polls. So or that's also they? problematic. Because Geert is, is he, you said he's down in the polls? Yeah, the polls oh, that why? I was uh, reading today uh, said that he was behind the... Um, Oh, what is his name? Root, I want to say. Uh, the current prime minister, Mark Root. Hmm. And so he's slight, he's fallen behind today. But this the, these riots will probably help. I was going to say this is right up his alley. Um, and so this clip has been circulating of Gert talking about, apparently, I, I was looking into this a little bit. Um, and again, forgive me if I misspeak, because I am just an American rube trying to speculate about international politics. But there's this longstanding relationship between Turkey and the Netherlands, like it's the most important relationship between Turkey and anyone in the EU. And so there's, I suppose that explains why there are a lot of Turks in the Netherlands, at least I'm guessing. Um, And it also explains why Gert Wilders has long been talking about basically giving the finger to Turkey. (laughs) Gert Wilders, I forget what his party is, but Gert Wilders is basically a a far right. I don't know if it's fair to say that a right wing nationalist populist. Yeah. Um, and this, this message that he has for Turkey has been recirculating This is from December, 2015, but it's been recirculating in response to what's going on right now in Turkey. Let's see what Gert has to say. Cause this is a message that whether it's up or down momentarily is resonating in the Netherlands over time. Today I have a message for the Turks. Your government is fooling you into believing that one day you will become a member of the European Union. Well, forget it. You are no Europeans, and you will never be. An Islamic state like Turkey does not belong to Europe. All the values Europe stands for, freedom, democracy, human rights, are incompatible with Islam. We do not want visa-free travel for Turks coming to Europe either. European governments that agree with this will be voted out of office by the people. Turkey voted for Erdogan, a dangerous Islamist who raises the flag of Islam. We do not want more, but less Islam. 
So Turkey, stay away from us. You are not welcome here. That's a damn bold statement at the end. Like just straight up Turkey, stay away from us. Yeah, he's Ooh. got some he's got some balls. And I can so, but I can understand why because part of me I watch some of this yeah. stuff and I'm like, holy cow, man, that's even like that's that's far beyond even the most nationalist type of rhetoric we have in the United States that's at some level popular. So I hear something like this and I'm like, holy cow, that's pretty ballsy. But at the same time, we have the luxury of not having this kind of chaos in our streets regularly. Oh, I yeah. can see how that gets compelling when all of a sudden your neighborhood's not safe. And all of a sudden there's, uh, you know, the, you got the flag with the crescent um, in, your, in your neighborhood and all of a sudden your country is, appears to be at risk. I totally get it. I totally get how that happens. I mean, you, we heard him speak at the RNC. He's um, he's a really charismatic speaker, and he's impassioned. And I just, I just hope that what is happening, what happened in United States polling, is happening in the Netherlands as well, and that um, he hasn't actually fallen behind as much as they're saying he has. Uh, but I'm, I'm very concerned. I mean, I think that if Le Pen doesn't get in, and if if there's more Merkel, I, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, more what are they going to do? This what's interesting or to Mal me. Martin Schultz is just bad, though. So what's interesting to me in um, in this too is uh, is is Gertz rhetoric is kind of met with hostility or equal hostility by a lot of the Turkish officials as well. Um, we do have these clips of I forget which minister it is. One of the Turkish ministers who, whose travel was blocked, as well as Erdogan himself, the Turkish president, speaking about this. And to me. <laughs> Maybe maybe Gert is too far for some people's taste. Sometimes when he talks, like, I mean, Gert has talked about straight up banning the Quran before, and you and I have talked about it. I'm like, ugh, I can't go as far as to talk about like freedom, people's freedom of speech and people's freedom to worship and all that stuff. That's where I, he starts <laughs> losing me. Or I'm like, I don't know if I can go full Gert. That's too far. Um, yeah, but, but what if the survival of your country and culture hinged on it? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, um, it's, it's really nice I, in America I, where we don't have to worry about that right now. I understand where he's coming from, which is this is my home. And if you think you're going to come in and mess up my home, well, I'm going to fight you about it. Now, the Turkish officials are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't get to come into your home and make a mess. You're a damn Nazi. <laughs> you're not accommodating me. I don't get to come into the Netherlands and do whatever I want. You're a damn Nazi. So we hear this kind of victim language from one of these Turkish ministers. I love that she's she talks... the Turkish family affairs minister. Okay. They <laughs> made gonna... her go to Germany like uh, immediately. <laughs> Who's going to complain arrival. about human rights violations in her hijab. And then we have, um, and then we have Erdogan himself with some firm language for the Dutch as well. Let's check this out. The Turkish Family Affairs Minister has also been ordered to leave the country. She described the move as a human rights violation. We were subjected to inhumane, immoral treatment. This behavior is an infringement of human rights and democracy. They have limited our freedoms and restricted our right of movement. All of our rights were violated. Hey, Holland. If you are sacrificing turkish dutch relations for the sake of the elections on Wednesday, you will pay a price. You will pay a price. Oh boy. I like how it's just a, a sea of hijabs at the end there. You will pay a price. And also she's talking about our freedom of movement. Well, what does that mean? I mean, do I have a freedom? Do I as an American have a freedom of movement to go to the Netherlands and do whatever I want? I don't think so. I'll operate by EU or Dutch law or whatever, whatever uh, governs that. I don't, I don't, if the Dutch or the EU say, Hey Matt, sorry, you're not coming in. I don't go, Oh, my freedom of movement. Yeah, I know. What? Or think about if you try to do this in, in a Middle Eastern country. Yeah, I, I really don't understand what she's talking about there, but maybe maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's some context or clarification. I don't get it. All while wearing a job. Jesus Christ. The, yeah, the irony. It's so enraging. I just, this, is a, this is such an offensive violation of our human rights and, you know, wears a symbol of uh, the violation of human rights, basically. Great. Okay. Anything else on um, Turkey and the Netherlands? Um, I mean, I'm going to follow. I'll probably make a video about this, uh, whatever happens in the elections this week. Um, mm -hmm. But but everyone's waiting. It's really it's a really important election. So I hope that they can I hope Gert Wilders can, can pull this one out um, and that the polling is incorrect like it was in America and with Brexit. So we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. 
uh, for sure. I mean, it's if that if it's if it goes that way, if Brexit was kind of a precursor for Trump, which could be a precursor for Gert. Um, yeah, that, that would be very interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton about this because um, <laughs> if I pretend that I that I'm an expert on Dutch politics, uh, this whole thing will go awry. Yeah, I was reading about um, their government structure today, and it was it was pretty confusing. I was like, wow, I am not well-versed enough to talk about this. But here we are, <laughs> Beauty and the Beta. I, you know, I'm much more familiar with the intricacies of the Kekistani government, <laughs> if you are comfortable talking about that, because the Kekistanis are a vigilant people who do not tolerate the type of aggression that Turkey has shown to the Dutch. Uh, of course, I'm talking about just the unbelievable tale of he will not divide us. We have <laughs> talked about it on this show. We of course have the shout out. We had tranny wise, the clown from Seattle. Uh, if you remember that clip from a few weeks ago, that was great. Uh, so he will not divide us has just been amazing. Of course, this was Shia LaBeouf's setup in Queens in New York city outside of a museum where it was a webcam and a wall. And you're all supposed to go there and give testimony about how Donald Trump will not divide us. Well, of course that was the world's biggest billboard for a trolling opportunity ever. That gets shut down after uh, people troll Shia into being physically aggressive and facing some type of assault <laughs> charge. It gets moved to Albuquerque, uh, where it's similarly set up in a wall. That lasts for a week before there's a gunshot, and it gets shut Ooh, down Oh, I there. didn't know that. Neither did I, Till I look at this story. I was like, that was so quick. I, that was a blip that I just totally missed. It went to Albuquerque, and it got shut down real quick because oh, of a gunshot. So <laughs> Shia LaBeouf sets up this um his new his new he will not divide us uh location let me pull that up here which is um it was undisclosed basically what he did was he set up uh a he will not divide us flag okay it's just a flag on a webcam at an undisclosed location and the stream on he will not divide dot us was just a picture of this flag an undisclosed location and he said, oh, this is going to last just like the original uh, art exhibit, if you want to call it that. This is going to last for the duration of Trump's presidency as a symbol of solidarity with all these oppressed groups and all that. Well, that you know what that is? That is a challenge to 4chan. That is a challenge to <laughs> the MAGA team. That is a challenge to the Kekistani people who decided, no, 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 no. This flag is an affront to our culture, to everything we stand for. It must be taken down. And... If you would have asked me before, how long do you think it would take to find a flag at an undisclosed location with a camera pointed up at the sky, presumably in the U.S., but that's not even for sure? Almost impossible. How would anyone do that? How would you do that? And, Is that a rhetorical question? Well, I'm just like, I'm trying to think how I would have reacted to that. And in truth, it took them less than 48 hours to, <laughs> to find this place. And you know how they did it? So. I'm not diminishing what was accomplished at all. I will explain it in detail, but what because what was accomplished is incredible. However, the big mistake Shia made was being seen in public in Tennessee, and that that really narrowed it right away. Because that was like, oh well, Shia is here. It's probably in Tennessee. So with that, with Shia that, is here. With that theory, with that, well, they saw him at like a restaurant. They saw <laughs> him at a restaurant. Ass. Yeah. So that gives people a starting point. This theory that it's in Tennessee somewhere. Then what do they do? They start looking and observing flight patterns in the in the webcam picture, and they tra they trace that with uh, with flight records in the U.S. and they're able to triangulate a location or a region based on flight patterns in the U.S. But that's not specific enough. That is enough. so clever. Yes, and then they start then they start um, observing astronomy, observing the stars. Okay, and they're able to <laughs> through observing the stars, they're able to narrow it even further. And then they get a guy in the area to just drive a truck around honking a horn so they can hear it on the stream. <laughs> and they located it that way. And it's this flagpole in the middle of this field on this guy's private property. So what happens next? Well, of course, you get Kekistani spec ops to uh, to suit up and to go anonymously into this into this field and take it down and put up a MAGA hat and a MAGA shirt in place of it. I've got clips of that as well. Let me find that here. This is incredible. What they accomplished is seriously incredible. Here's a couple clips of uh, of what we're talking about. 
So this is just them. There's them on the stream taking down the flag. Okay, then they've got the flag. They stole it. It's they stole it and took it to their Does it own take undisclosed pole on location. Us on it? Yeah, slash Paul. And they put up a MAGA hat. It's hard to see poor lighting, but a MAGA hat and a T-shirt. <laughs> and then on the uh, on the He Will Not Divide Us page, uh, Facebook page. I don't think Shia runs this. I think it's somebody else. But anyway, so they literally have no lives at all. Even a flag uh, they are triggered by. I think it's safe to say we have succeeded in triggering a bunch of 4chan basement neckbeards. We are still winning. He will not divide us. You're not still winning. The other thing I appreciate here is uh, you can see it in the notes, Blonde, but there's this there's this meme that kind of circulated. <laughs> When you spend weeks plotting and successfully destroying Shia LaBeouf's live stream only for it to move to an unknown location pointing skyward at a flag, at which point you turn into an autistic CIA <laughs> analyst tracking flight patterns and mapping stars against the live stream while honing in on ambient sounds and car horns <laughs> so that you manage to pinpoint a single flag in a country of 9.8 million square kilometers in just over a day, all in the name of Keck. So for what it's worth, I mean, look, Round of applause from this show. Round of, I mean, my God. I, I'm incredibly. I love those neck beards. I, I love I'm you guys. I'm incredibly impressed. I incredibly am. I am impressed. seriously impressed. That is very, very, very <laughs> impressive. And I was talking to, um, I was talking to my friend Biju, um, my friend Biju, the author of the story that the, that Mike.com Sarah Harvard picked up back in the day when we were talking about fit, hoax hate crimes, but we were talking about this story and he said, um, you know, my God, it's uh, if only you had these people uh, to find Osama bin Laden or Saddam Hussein, it would have been over in a day. <laughs> and uh, to which I replied, um, Shia should have known better than to play hide and seek with Nazis because Nazis <laughs> always win at hide and, hide and seek. That is a fact. Okay. Obligatory jokes out of the way. Seriously, impressive. Um, I can't give these guys enough credit. There's not much more to the story than that, other than it's like, he will not divide us and shy on these people. Look, when someone beats you to this extent, it's like, all right, fair play, well done, credit where due, tip your cap. Yeah. Uh, you don't try to, they, we are still winning. No, you're not. You didn't win the election and you could not have been defeated no. any more thoroughly than this was. It's I one know. thing to do it in like, six months to do it in less than two days unreal unreal mm. kind of makes me proud though oh yeah it's like i said don't try to stop the internet <laughs> it can't be done the internet puts its mind to something uh they're gonna succeed but that's all i got on that well you know he's not he's not going away i mean what, what's he gonna do next predictions Just, for shia labeouf I mean, do you, yeah i don't know it's not over What's he, I mean, hang it up, hang the, hang the flag in a, a secure undisclosed. I mean, if it was inside, probably nobody could find it. Cause there's no, unless you had insider connections some kind of intelligence through word of mouth or something. Other than that, you're not going to find it if it's in a secure location inside, I guess that's the thing. But then why is that cool? Why would I want to watch a stream of a flag on a wall? Whatever. That's not a protest. That's just. BTFO Shia. Yeah, just admit defeat. There's no shame when you're defeated like that. I mean, my God. I saw there's some other memes. There's a million good memes on this and just jokes and stuff. It was like something to the effect of like, you know, World War One was fought with these weapons. World War Two was fought with these weapons. World War Three will be fought with autism. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's basically what we witnessed. This like. Uh, people, people who look challenge accepted, challenge accepted, and they succeeded. I, if if you're that good at finding information that quickly, I'm jealous because you and I are both people that try to find information like this, um, as our as our quote unquote day job, whatever it is that we're doing. I mean, if you tasked you and I with trying to do that, there is no way, there is no fucking way. We I don't know. Maybe we would have figured it out eventually. Not in 48 hours, though. No, it would have taken me <laughs> that, a lot longer. That's why I'm admiring this so much. It's like, my God, you guys are skilled. And uh, I will remember this the next time I have to find a geolocation based on astrological, astronomical uh, patterns and things like that and flight patterns. Whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we was, I, I love talking hoax hate crimes. You want to talk about the new one? 
Yeah, I don't know about this one. <laughs> okay, let me uh, let me tell you about it. Um, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. As soon as I find the article here, so this Ann Arbor woman that you see pictured here, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, pled guilty in court this past week, March seventh, to making up a story about a uh, hoax, uh, making up a story about a hate crime. Now, allegedly, she says she was wearing. Uh, a safety pin, you know, those great safety pins showing solidarity with immigrants and others who are oppressed by Brexit and Trump and other things like that. And she says that someone, an aggressor, came up to her, took the safety pin and scratched her face with it as, a, as an intimidation uh, gesture. Mm-hmm. And that turned out, surprise, surprise, that turned out not to be true. She says, I was suffering from depression at the time, she told the judge. I made a superficial scratch on my face it was okay. So she was depressed from her feminist literature class, I believe. <laughs> uh, I want to get the story straight. It's in here somewhere. Uh, let me find it. Lit. Hold on. I believe that's the reason she was depressed. Okay. Base admitted to scratching her own face with the pin after becoming upset during a women's literature class at the University of Michigan, according to Ann Arbor Police Department. So she got depressed in her women's literature class. And then scratched her own face. And she says, but I was embarrassed about scratching my own face. I don't understand. I'm, I'm no mental health professional, but I don't understand how depression causes you to scratch your own face. But apparently it did. This isn't even a good lie. It was visible and I was embarrassed about what I'd done. So I made up a story and told a friend that a stranger had done it while I was walking. I was encouraged to report it to the police. I made the mistake of doing that. Oh, there you go. Still waiting on the real hate crimes. Oh. And, it's uh, always I mean, a type, isn't it? Like, look at this chick. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't tell anything based on appearance, Blonde. We've learned that. <laughs> really? Because so, I could look this chick up and down and be like, that's the kind of chick that would fake a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, it's, it's a good news here. Good news. She faces up to 93 days in, uh, days in jail and or a $500 fine. Jail time. Holy cow. Um, oh, and there was one other thing in here too. This is my favorite part. I didn't want to forget this. Let's find it in the article. She, okay, base also hurt. Okay, so part of this to me seems inspired by other hoax hate crimes. This paragraph here. Base also heard of other incidents on campus, including the incident of a woman wearing a hijab who said a man threatened to light her on fire if she didn't take it off. Ann Arbor police later determined that incident was a hoax too, though. (laughs) The woman who falsely reported that crime is not being prosecuted in that case, however. But it's just funny, like, oh, I heard this story of this other lady who was the victim of a hate crime that was also fake. Was also false. (laughs) Oh God! So there's there's not uh, there's not that much more to this story, but I just I love this trend. Um, they just re- want it to be true so much I, in their little <laughs> liberal hearts. They just oh please be true. And yet it's so still, cynical. And you still get people. I still get people because all of this has pushed me into you should be skeptical of cra- claims of crime by default. That is why we have presumption of innocence. That's why we demand evidence. That is the uh, the the system on which our legal structure is built, so the values on which our legal structure is built. So that should be your default. But I've been pushed so far in that direction that any time I see this like po- politically motivated hate crime claim, I'm like, not only do I say bullshit. Be- before I would have said, well, do you have any evidence? And now I have. Now I say, guaranteed bullshit. I don't even need. To- <laughs> I don't even need to see anything. Guaranteed bullshit. And that's pretty much how you can operate on these these cases but what's interesting is i have a lot of friends too that if you express any doubt on these claims of uh hate crimes friends on social media and stuff you if you just ask like well i mean uh, any any witnesses yeah yeah and they go like oh victim blaming oh these people are oppressed oh you're a cis white male oh just just once just one please (laughs) one hijab pulling one hijab pulling one bigfoot Things I want in my life. One Bigfoot body and one confirmed hijab. I mean, do you want me to pull somebody's hijab off? You might as well at this point. I mean, (laughs) someone's got to. Yeah, really. You might as well get it in. That should be the last on your bucket list for your European tour. One hijab pull. (laughs) One hijab pull. Yeah, just one. That's not that. That's not that harmful. Okay. Just one. I'll do it on my way out. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and then uh, get it framed when you come back. You can put it behind you when you make videos. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so uh, you, it's my favorite, um, my favorite misspeak of the week, my favorite foot in mouth moment of the week, Samantha B. Uh, Samantha B. is back. I don't know how long her show was off. It was taking a break. Can't stand her show. Not funny at all. Do not enjoy it, but whatever. She's free to make it. I don't have to watch it. Uh, but she's found herself in hot water because she made a, a, a bit or a segment about going to CPAC and talk about CPAC. And she was observing all the Nazi hair that exists at CPAC. The kind of Richard Spencer, what do they call it? An undercut, whatever it is. The short hair down here on the sides. and The, the fashy long... haircut? Yeah, the, <clears throat> the fashy haircut. Everyone knows that. So she's making a, a joke about these. Well, <laughs> funny, one of these one of these people, one of these kids, really, I don't know how old he is. He looks pretty young. He has the quote-unquote fashy haircut, uh, not as a fashion statement, but because he has stage four brain cancer. So let's, <laughs> let's see what Samantha B had to say first. This is just a quick cut of her segment right here. Welcome back to the show to think I knew what conservatism meant. It was something to do with a drawling patrician calling Gore Vidal a queer. But these days, I have no fucking clue what conservative means, so I sent Mike Rubens to CPAC to find out. This year, the bow ties were gone, replaced by Nazi hair. Nazi hair. Nazi hair. Fuck off. And CPAC was decidedly Trump country. Okay, so like I said, one of those um, one of those Nazi hair people, in fact, has brain cancer, and so her, the the sister of this person called out Samantha B. Uh, when Sam B. makes fun of your brother for having quote Nazi hair, he actually has stage four brain cancer. But whatever floats oh. your boat. <laughs> and then Samantha B. replies, "We deeply apologize for offending you and your brother." We only learned of his condition today and have removed him from this piece. Uh, the brother, the, the actual cancer sufferer and the Nazi hair wearer himself issued a statement um, where he describes his cancer, which is important. Um, I do think the particularly important part of um of what he says here is he goes beyond his condition and he says um this brings me to samantha b the effects of the comments made on full frontal go further than my battle with a serious illness everyone in that video was targeted unjustly and profiled without facts or proof of the accusation made the fact is that i have been hesitant to support donald trump from day one and was openly quote never trump uh, throughout the entirety of the 2016 election cycle. Another fact is that I'm a registered Democrat. These are facts that disprove the narrative trying uh, to be pushed by Samantha B's segment. And these are facts that make me who I am. I am not ashamed of my beliefs and I am not ashamed of my illness. I am proud of who I am and will continue to fight my battle. So I think that's um, all things considered. I think that's good on, um, on this kid. And, you know, I, I do think there's a, a point to be made there. You are making a superficial judgment about people on the spot. Um, I, I, I am not, to be clear, I'm not offended by this at all. I don't care that Samantha B makes what I think are crappy jokes like, oh, yeah, Nazis at CPAC. That's, man, clever A-plus material. You've been off for months and you came up with Nazi haircut at CPAC. Great job, Samantha <laughs> B's writing team. I don't care about the jokes. I'm not offended by the jokes. All I care about is the irony of people that are perpetually offended by this crap from the left if donald trump or if any conservative or anyone who doesn't drink the leftist kool-aid said made a similar joke about a cancer patient oh i mean they'd be beaten well, to a pulp. look at what they did with trump uh, making fun of that disabled reporter even though that the reporter speaks normally and that's been thoroughly debunked by like a bunch of people they still crucified it for crucified him for it yeah um she did this legitimately and oh i'm sorry can you imagine it, what they would have done if to anybody get on technical right? i mean the kid the kid made the point too is like she said sorry you were offended which i don't like to get i don't want to get all obsessive about apologies and be like was it apologetic enough but she did say That's sorry a you were apology it is kinda yeah i agree i'm sorry she... you feel that way it's like no no you take responsibility for what you did not how i feel about it i i would rather see her apologize for her horrendous comedy than see oh, her God, apologize for <laughs> than see her apologize for not doing enough research into um 
into Nazi hair. Because if we're going to be fair to Samantha B, it's not like she's entirely off. This is a bad mistake. But obviously, this younger portion of, of conservatives, especially of the alt-right, they have a haircut. I mean, that's not. it's not like that's baseless. It's not like that's a completely pie-in-the-sky, made-up thing. Like, there is a haircut, and it's fine to make fun of it. I don't have a problem with her for that. I just think the joke is shit. Yeah, yeah. It's because women aren't funny, and we have some other unfunny women to talk about in this segment, don't we? Oh God! <laughs> oh, so you're you're taking you're you're stealing my um you're stealing my transition thunder. I know. You're, you're, proud you're of stealing me? my game. <laughs> oh yeah, I've trained you well. Uh, I just wasn't prepared because I got to get mentally in the zone to talk about Amy Schumer. So as I said at the top of the show, uh, basically this came to my attention because I saw the trailer for Amy Schumer's new stand-up special on Netflix called the leather special and trigger warning, uh, you know, fair warning, all that you're about to see Amy Schumer in a tight leather outfit, which is uh, every bit as horrifying as it sounds. So, you know, maybe if you don't want to see that, go put the kids to bed, go, you know, put, uh, I don't know, put some coffee on, do whatever you need to do and come back. Cause I will be showing that momentarily, but the trailer was so awful that I thought, ah, I mean, Amy Schumer <laughs> sucks. The trailer's like 4,000. It's like four to one. Uh, dislikes to likes so you know, i'm not the only one and i thought amy schumer does suck but this trailer seems really bad like is it i want to criticize this but i don't think it'd be fair if i don't watch the full hour so i did i sat down and i watched the full hour and oh, man. lo and behold the trailer is pretty much representative of this hour-long comedy special of amy schumer's that is new on Netflix. Let's check out the trailer. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of fast food were you eating? How much self-hating was well, going on? I went to Wendy's. I went to okay, Wendy's. Okay, that's not so bad. Um, that's not so bad. And, I, and I've been back, like, I'll usually get fast food, like, maybe once a week. Maybe. Um, and, but I've been uh, going to Wendy's lately, especially after they tweeted out that, uh, especially after they tweeted out that. Oh, that's that, right. Um, I forgot about that. That Pepe, that, the yeah. Wendy's Pepe. That was, uh, that made me, it made me revisit Wendy's and I've been like, oh, that's pretty dang good and ever since then you know go get a frosty and dip the fries in the frosty and all that Ooh. so that's what i was doing last night although i didn't get a frosty last night anyway you know i know I everyone know. <laughs> i know everyone cares about what burger i got and all that stuff but let's i just wanted out. to see if you were like crying over burger king and watching amy schumer no but there was joy in watching amy schumer make a bunch of self-deprecating fat jokes while i'm stuffing my <laughs> face like skeptically with a huge burger like this sucks this burger's great Ugh. okay so this is the trailer for her stand-up special i don't know if you guys know this but this past year i i've gotten very rich famous and humble this does not leave this theater on my pussy's best day smells like a small barnyard animal I tweeted out a photo of myself wearing just underwear. And that's when I learned the word you don't want people to use when a nude photo of you goes viral. Brave. <laughs> I wish we were raised more like men. Here's an example of how we're different. Have you ever had a guy come in your mouth and go, does it taste okay? has some special where they were all leather and they regret it later. It's my fucking moment. Leather special. <laughs> Already regret it. Yeah. I I regret it too. <laughs> and um so this is the thing like that is actually pretty representative of what it was and as you know, I am a fan generally of self-deprecating humor and of self-awareness. I think it's important that people have that perspective and I'm I like it when people make jokes at their own expense as a means of like breaking the ice, as a means of safe comedy basically. Like you can make fun of yourself and you don't you don't run the risk of what a, a Sam B incident, you know what I mean? But this whole hour was basically jokes about her sex life, disgusting ones like that, and her own body, disgusting ones like that, with the exception of a brief break to talk about gun control because two women were shot at one of her, the showings of one of her movies. And she goes on to talk about 
how people on the terrorist watch list can still get guns. And she makes fun of rednecks, redneck people in this redneck voice. And she says, she's making fun of them. She says, quote, if you're on the terrorist watch list, you can easily get a gun. Uh, that same guy is like, get out, of, get out of our country, foreigner. But while you're here, please enjoy our firearms legally. It's like, it's a shit joke for one. And the whole point of the terrorist watch list is there's no due process, Amy. Like you shouldn't have, con- it's the principle that you shouldn't have constitutional rights suspended without due process. That's plainly insane. Oh God. But, but the whole bit about guns was like, Oh God, at least she's not talking about her vagina smell. This is so much better. Oh, this oh, is so much better. I will take her disgusting shtick over her political <laughs> stuff any day of the week. Except she was so unsightly. She looks like she's gained 70 pounds since I saw her last. What happened? She talks about it. She's like, oh, I lost all this weight for the movie Trainwreck. And then afterwards, I was like, I can eat whatever I want. So I ate pizza and burgers and whatever. The only time I laughed was she made this joke about herself because all the jokes are about herself. But she looked at herself up on the screen. Like there's a big side screen, you know, that has a video feed of her. She's like, gosh, man, every time I sometimes when I catch myself up on those things, I think like, who is that man and how did he break into here? But she made this funny joke about like, I, I when I see that, I look up here and I don't think I should, I don't see someone who should be on a comedy stage. I see someone who should be like doing fast pitch softball, you know, and she did the whole thing. Like, Cause it's like, oh yeah, she did the whole underhanded fast pitch softball. I was like, she does look like one of those really, yeah, like yeah. she could chuck a, softball really fast yeah, yeah she's a thick woman yeah yeah she, she would kick my ass for so sure. i did i did laugh at that but you know what i'm saying like you can only make fun of yourself for x amount of time before you're like this is just kind of sad yeah and not like like lewis ck sad is funny you know yeah it's yeah. like really sad because she keeps trying so who's funding all this shit i don't understand like you would well, think was, tra- was that a packed house it, it looked like it if you watch it on Netflix. Yeah. And um, I was trying to research. I couldn't find out, but I wanted to know how much tickets were for this event, but I couldn't, I was having trouble even finding it just for events generally. And to be honest, I spent like five minutes searching. So I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to spend a ton of time looking into Amy Schumer, but my understanding is these people are paying hundreds of dollars. Well, I used to love Amy Schumer and I looked into going to her show in Seattle at the end of 2015 or maybe the beginning of 2016 and tickets were $275, $275. Well, and, and she does this whole bit in it too, which is, ins- I mean, that's an insane amount of money. Uh, she does, she has a bit in there too about how she talks, she says, um, you know, when I lose weight and I, and I'm thinner, like I just look wrong cause my head's too big. And she talks about how she looks bad with less weight and how she looks better this way. And it's like. No. no, I mean, look, be whatever size you want. I don't care what size people want to be, but if you're going to try to convince me. But you're not going to convince me that you're yeah. hotter. Yeah, you're not going to convince me that like, oh yeah, that, like those extra 40 pounds in the black leather look great. If that's what you want to be, that's what you want to be. I don't have a problem with that. Just don't tell me that like, oh, I'm hotter this way. <laughs> no. 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 no, deal. no. And I don't want to criticize her for her appearance or her body, but that's what she made the whole show about. That is what she chose to address. Not me. Yeah. I didn't tune in for that. Well, I mean, I just tuned in to see how bad it was, but <laughs> she's constantly like, I'm such a fat whore. And then she's like, don't call me a fat whore. Yeah. That's literally the whole bit. The whole show was like these kind of jokes that didn't really land and didn't really flow together that were eased or softened by her making a fat joke about herself. God, I don't know what happened. I just remember watching the first two seasons of um, Inside Amy Schumer and being like, this bitch is so funny. She is the next big thing. And for like six months there, I was just, I just loved her. I watched everything that she did. I thought she was so self-aware, so funny. And then uh, and she just had to open her fucking mouth about <laughs> politics and now she sucks more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I... Well, like, like I said, though, the politics of this, to me, were refreshing, even though I hated them. <laughs> That's how bad. That's insane. That's how bad. Watch it for yourself. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not going to do that. You yeah, you took one for the team on I know. this one. You, and watched well, it yeah, you messaged me like, should I watch it? And I was like, absolutely not. Just, <laughs> Thank I you just, for that. I'm, I'm just trying to see if the trailer is accurate. Indeed, it is. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Okay. Um, I got one last item for you before we get out of here, because we have talked about forget what we did this last couple weeks ago. Uh, CNN has this weird habit of like fake news is a cutoff trigger for them. Like Bernie Sanders jokingly called CNN fake news on CNN's airwaves. 
and then they cut him off. What happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we lost connection with the senator. How weird. And then uh, Don Lemon, did, they didn't cut his feed, but it was, what's that guy's name? Paris something? Paris Denard? I don't know if I'm saying that right. One of their correspondents. They're talking about the, the travel costs of the Trump family. And this guy says, Don Lemon asks him what he thinks, and Paris Denard says, I think this is fake news. This is a non-story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They cut, get him out of here. Cut him off. The show's over. <laughs> Now again, we we said, look, we we run this we run this show on like a very mediocre internet connection and Skype, and we don't have connection problems this severe. So something's going on at CNN. Well, they did it again. Check out what happened. So this is um this is Dana Bash hosting uh, new Congressman Scott Taylor. I think his name is. He's in a, a Navy SEAL Iraq War veteran. He's a Republican from Virginia, and they're talking about Trump's new travel ban, the updated one where Iraq is now removed from these banned countries and people with green cards are not uh, are, are allowed uh, in and, and things like that. He's updated the travel ban this last week. So she's asking him about the travel ban, and he starts talking about crime rates from people coming from these countries. Well, that's not going to fly on CNN. Check this out. Agreed with the president at the beginning uh, with taking a pause, but you had a problem with some of his rhetoric at the time. Do you support what you've seen today, the revisions, uh, taking Iraq out, for example, and uh, making clear that people who have green cards and so forth are excluded from this? Well, I, 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 I agree. I just still disagree with the rhetoric that happened before, but I certainly agree with, uh, with taking a pause. I think it's, it's important to keep in mind, and, and yes, you're right, it, it is important that folks with green cards and who are here legally are not affected unnecessarily, of course. Um, but let's look at these, these six countries. I mean, three of them are on the state-sponsored, they state-sponsored a, terror, a terrorism list by our State Department, and then three of them are failed states. Arguably, four of them are, are failed states. Do you think, as a member of the Homeland Security Committee, it is necessary for the security of this country to put this ban in place. Just today, the FBI comes out and says that 30%, 30% of their domestic terrorism cases that they're investigating are from folks who are refugees. It's important not to label all refugees bad people. I, I, that's not why I'm here. But I was just going to say, Congressman, it's time to go, but I think the uh, TV gremlins did that for us. Thank you very much, the Congressman, for joining us. That ends my time here. The lead with Jake Tapper starts right now. Oh, darn, it's time to go. I was just going to tell him. I was just going to tell him it's time to go. Oh, man. You're up, Jake Tapper. Did she say the TV goblins? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I assume she means her producers, but... Do you think yeah. they have, like, a panic button? I don't, I mean, something's going on at CNN where they have like not allowed words and they have a kill button and they just, nope, you're done. You're out of here. Which to me, it raises the question of why are you bringing on these people? It's not surprising this guy would talk about that to me. It seems like he's exactly the type of person who would talk about that. So who are you fooling? I mean, either you're going to host these voices of dissent or you're not. And if you are, why would you cut them off? Because it doesn't make anyone look good. Nobody looks good in that situation, except for maybe the congressman, because he went there and tried to get the word out, I guess. Who are they fooling? Uh, baby boomers. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I, I like monitoring. As, as much as I see CNN doing this, I'm going to keep playing it, because I think, I think this is great. I, I just enjoy watching it. I like uh, it's my I, I have a yeah. goal. One day I hope to be cut off on CNN. Then I'll know I've made it. <laughs> One day we should put together all these clips back to back. Yeah, I um I should have saved the one I had earlier. I could I could still find those clips. They're not hard to find, but I had it all cut up and stuff uh, already. So it would be fun if this trend continues to um to have this all spliced together. I mean, they have to like know that this is going to be a recognizable pattern at some point, but they're yeah. still doing it really shamelessly. Like the one they did with Bernie Sanders, I was like, what? So many people <laughs> were watching that. Yeah. They cut off and to cut off Bernie too. Like he's hostile to, yeah. well, I don't know. I mean, maybe CNN is still hostile to Bernie leftover from the primary days. Who knows? Maybe they're, they're maybe they're not Bernie people. Yikes. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a couple of other topics in here, but I think we should probably just call it there. To be honest, it's uh, it's your last European episode and it's, it's what, four or five, something like that. No, um, it's 3 a.m. It was oh, actually an hour ahead for me. Ah, but trying to figure it out just scrambled my woman brain. I, 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 I'll just tell the audience this, but I had to contact Skag like 
five times today and be like, tell me in how many hours the show is. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just well, couldn't figure it out. Well, I raised the issue because I remember this last night and I was like, does Europe change time like we do? Because they do. But in the Netherlands, it's the last Sunday of March. Yeah. Yeah. And in so America, it's... it's the second Sunday of March. And so, yeah. And so we I'm could have actually had a catastrophe. an hour ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, ha- I checked in with you every few hours <laughs> before yeah. the show. All right. Well, um, I'll I'll bail you out then and just say, like I usually do, I have to pee. So, <laughs> so I'll, and I'll spare you the Amy Schumer details on uh, on you. that process. But um, we, we can go ahead. And, <laughs> we can go ahead and call it there. So, uh, thanks as always to our live viewers and our live chatters. Uh, Shit posting away, keeping us honest. Well, we try to maintain sincerity. Uh, if you are listening on YouTube or an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material on those audio platforms. You can get the call-in show. You can get interviews Blonde and I have done elsewhere on those audio platforms. That's iTunes, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can get an audio podcast. They're all linked in the description for you, and you can check those out. You can email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We take your questions, requests, or suggestions there. We'll be back next Sunday with a blonde back in the United States, safe from whatever the hell's going on in Europe. Uh, looking forward to that because if it's sunday really sorry chuck todd it's not meet the press nobody cares about that crap beauty (laughs) in the beta we'll see you then